Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hey, everybody, welcome. Thank you for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. My name is Zach Brittle. I'm here with Laura Heck. We are here together today with Terry Reel. I'm so excited to introduce you to his work. He is easily one of the therapists that has had the most influence on my life, as well as my career. Um, And we're here today to talk about his book, Us, which is about getting past you and me to build a more loving relationship. Um, I got to read this book over the last few weeks. It is, uh, it's profound. It is a really, really great book. You ought to pick it up right away. I first found Terry about 20 years ago when he wrote a book about male depression, which was important to me at the time. He then wrote a book about uh, how to be in relationship with males who have depression. Um, And in the 20 years since then, he's built a career uh, in couples therapy, really helping understand how um, trauma affects relationships and all of that is uh, what we get to talk about today. And it really is just a pleasure. I think you will love hearing from Terry. I think you should pick up his book. This is a very cool conversation. Stick around. Are you in Boston now? I am. I'm in Newton, the suburb outside of Boston. Right on. Cool. So I have to ask this. um, Recently, it seemed like you had a, a large summit where you brought in a whole bunch of folks. Did that happen in real time, like last week? Last that week. Ha- wow. Uh, Are you just so exhausted coming off of that? Well, I, I, I got to tell you, Laura, what, what you don't know is that I, um, uh, that was Tuesday through Friday, nine to six, 30, mm-hmm. most of it was pre-recorded, thank God, but 30 okay. experts and me. And um, Saturday, uh, I was in Mass General Hospital recovering from liver surgery. Yeah, I read about that. I got your note. Um, so I went actually, right. I went right from Mass General Hospital to that summit. Yeah. Oh, oh, so wow! So you had the surgery, then you did the summit nine to six, and then now we're just you know days after you had the weekend of recovery there. Yeah, I had a weekend of recovery. Wow. Yeah. So it's been a oh while. It's been a wild week and a half. But the summit. Yeah, I don't know if you remember, but we this is our third date with you, and uh, we were. Laura and I were both getting antsy. We were like, what's wrong? Why does it keep postponing? And then the last, and then the last time it was a postponement, we got the, I got this email, the blast that you sent about your cancer. That's incredible. Like, I'm so sorry. But I was like, oh, Laura, we should be nice. Cause it sounds like he's got a lot going on. That's <laughs> not out of his control. Not, not one, but two cancers at the same time. Wow. That's insane. They were both surgically removed and um, cancer free and no chemo, no radiation, no nothing. Yeah. I got That's amazing. Advice, but it's been a challenging for a couple of months. Now. Yeah. No kidding. No kidding. Well, I hope that you can. I mean, this is a hard timing with your book coming out and having to, you know, do all of these interviews and, and promote your book. And 
do all the things that you have to do to get it out there and then also trying to recover. That's a tough timing. Yeah, but I'm a, I'm a strong guy. I'm, I'm a, <laughs> the, the surgery is two weeks ago and, you know, I'm ready to rock and roll. Right on. Well, we'll rock and roll. We're excited to introduce you to our listeners. We have the majority of our listeners are non-clinicians. They're just folks who are wanting to listen on their way to work, put their headphones in while they're folding laundry, and just pick up some little tips or tricks or something that resonates with them that may make their relationship better. And I would say, you know, it's a worldwide audience. And I, I think our demographic is pretty similar to the demographic that Zach and I have of just uh, being kind of right smack in the dab of, of trying to raise kids, keep a marriage alive, uh, grow their whatever, you know, money stockpile, whatever that might be. But we're, we've been really excited. We've um, talked a lot about fierce intimacy um, and the new rules of marriage. And so it's, it's nice to have you on talking about the new book. And in general, I'm kind of curious, like, what's different with this book? What's the information that you're hoping folks grab onto that hasn't been there, mentioned there previously. It is, there, it is. there it is. It's beautiful. Thank you. I, I love the color. Thank you. I fought for those. And I do want to yeah. point out the top line does say forward by Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, we got to read it. What, <laughs> I noticed that. What's Bruce Springsteen like? He's amazing. He's, yeah. he's, he's everything you think he is. And Patty as well. Down to earth. Uh, Bruce, very, uh, uh, generously uh, says in the forward that I've worked with the two of them as their couple yeah. therapists. He's open about that. And um, uh, they are decent, kind, good people to the bone. You know, so many times you see these stars on stage and they have a persona, mm -hmm. but then off stage they're a wreck. They are yeah. exactly who you well, I'm always nervous because they talk about how you're not supposed to meet your heroes. And of course, this guy has created, what, four decades of music. And um, so it's nice to hear that he's actually the real deal. So he is. He's the real deal. I remember the first time I met them. The first time I met them. It's funny how I met them. I was giving a talk for Carol Gilligan, one of my heroes at NYU. And a friend of ours said, hey, I'm going to make your day. I said, OK. So there's this couple from New Jersey, and they've been reading my first book, I Don't Want to Talk About It, aloud to each other at night, every night, and crying. Oh, and they're coming from New Jersey just to tell you what fans they are. And I go, that's fantastic. That makes my day. He goes, no, it doesn't. This is what's going to make my day. tell <laughs> who they are. And we all went out to lunch together. It was like a four-hour lunch. And uh, it just the connection was great. And, and then I started working with them. But uh, That's very cool. I remember at one point I was talking to them about their issues. And I said, well, and you are Bruce Springsteen. And he, this is so characteristic. He said, listen, my issues with Patty would be the same if I was pumping gas. Yeah. It's all the same. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so they're, they're real people. If you have been tracking with the podcast over the last few weeks, you know that I have personally been grappling with middle age. I've been wondering how to make sure I set myself and my family up for success. A handful of years ago, we started to apply for life insurance and we had a whole bunch of different calls and meetings and uh, we got a bunch of different vendors that were interested in talking to us and I had this very nice kind of nurse ratchet lady come over to my house and poke and prod me and take my blood and weigh me. And in the end, we didn't end up getting life insurance. It just was too complicated. But what if it wasn't? 
I want to tell you today about Fabric, which has moved life insurance all online so that getting a policy that's right for you and your family isn't complicated at all. In fact, planning for your family's future has never been easier. Fabric was built by parents for parents to help make it easier to manage your family's finances. It's all online, so everything's on your schedule. You don't need to schedule anything. You don't need to make time for phone calls or appointments. Just apply when it's convenient for you. It takes less than 10 minutes. Then see your quote, then you personalize your quote, and fit your family's needs. You could be offered coverage instantly with no visit from Nurse Ratchet. Fabric's new lower prices mean significant savings over other providers with great quality products, like a million dollars in coverage for less than a dollar a day. Fabric also has over 1,600 five-star reviews on Trustpilot.com, and it's fully backed by Vantis Life, one of the most trusted names in life insurance since 1847. You can feel confident that you're getting high-quality policy that is perfect for your family. Fabric has a 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can cancel at any time. I went online to check it out myself. Fabric's online hub lets you handle all of your family finances in one place, not just life insurance. You can create a will, start your kid's college savings plan, and even set up a rainy day fund. Protect your family's financial future with Fabric. Apply today in just 10 minutes at meetfabric.com slash MTR. That's meetfabric.com slash MTR. M-E-E-T fabric.com slash MTR. Fabric insurance agency policies are issued by Vantis Life. They're not available in New York and Montana. And prices are subject to underwriting and health questions. Go ahead and check it out. I did. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Terry, how I found you is um, I was studying in graduate school in the late 90s, in 99, 2000. I found I Don't Want to Talk About It, um, which was transform- transformational to me. And then, of course, the next one, How Do I Get Through to You, was my wife was like, yes, now I have, the, I have the book that I need. And so it's been really fun to watch you sort of translate that, the beginning of that, into what you're doing now. And I think, again, Laura asked you, but what are you doing now? What is us now that we've gotten sort of through the... I, I honestly believe that us is the culmination of my 40 years of work. You can say it many different ways. At one level, us is, uh, you know, I've been critiquing the culture of patriarchy for four decades. Sure. And talking about what patriarchy does to relationships, which is nothing good. Um... And this is, uh, you can say, critique of the toxic culture of individualism. Mm-hmm. So at the broad, let me do the social level first. At the broadest level, the delusion of individualism is that we stand apart from our relationships. We're not in nature, we're above nature. And we can control it. We're dom- we dominate and uh, that's true whether the nature that you think you can dominate and control uh, is the planet or your spouse or your kids or your body. I've got to lose 10 pounds. Or your thinking, mm-hmm. I've got to be less negative. But this power and control model of uh, being in the world is, uh, it, first of all, a delusion. We're not above nature. And secondly, uh, it creates havoc in all of our relationships, personal, 
societal, mm-hmm. sanitary, spiritual. Uh, it, it is, in many ways, uh, the core of what ails us uh, as we try and relate to each other. The, the cure for the delusion of a toxic individualism of above nature and controlling is what I call ecological humility. I'm in nature, and I depend upon it. And if we don't trade in a power and control model for a collaboration and cooperation model mm-hmm. with each other, in our families, in our brains, with ourselves, you know how many of us have harsh inner critics? Uh, in society, in other, dealing with other races, with nature, with spirit, uh, the consequences could really be dire at all of those levels. And this is really about what happens to us at every level when we lose the wisdom of relationship and start thinking of ourselves as adversarial, you versus me, me win, you lose, uh, craziness. And I start with uh, biology. I start with neurobiology. Mm-hmm. The idea that we're freestanding individuals, we know from new developments of neurobiology, is just nuts. We're not. We co-regulate each other's nervous systems all day long. It's just not. It's a mythic idea. Mm. But what happens is this. Let me spell it out. The autonomic nervous system scans our body four times a second. Am I safe? Am I safe? Am I safe? Am I safe? If the answer is yes, I feel safe, we stay centered in the prefrontal cortex, the most mature part of the brain, the part of the brain that develops last in each of us as individuals up to 26. It takes 26 years old before it's fully developed. And it's the part of the brain that developed last in us as a species. I call it the wise adult part of us. Here and now, present base, able to stop, take a breath, make a choice, be delivered. If the answer is no, I'm in danger, that goes right out the window. That part of the brain shuts down and more primitive parts of the brain, subcortical, uh, open up and we're taken over by automatic, knee-jerk responses that are about me versus you, zero-sum, one wins, one loses. We're in a power struggle and a contest. We lose, we literally lose the part of the brain that can remember us. We're a team. We're working on this together. And we get flooded. And the reason why we get flooded is because of trauma. No, I am not safe because this moment reminds me of when I was a kid and I wasn't safe as a kid. And I'm going to react in this moment with the way I learn to cope. I call it the adaptive childhood events as a kid. And I'm going to repeat that over and over and over again, even though it never gives me what I want. And the essence of this book is about how 
to shift in those heated moments from that automatic part of you that will make a mess every time into the thoughtful, non-trauma-based part of you that can make adult, wise choices and can choose how to behave different. You know, I'll stop yapping in a minute, but I gave workshops all over the country for decades, and my favorite slide was this one. Other workshops teach you skills. We deal with the part of you that won't use them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Amen. <laughs> Lauren and I have been in, uh, we've been friends for, I don't know, 10 years. We've been doing the podcast for three or four. We have, uh, we've walked through a lot of life together. This last month has been um, really hard for both of us for lots of different sort of traumatic reasons. And I've, I've been coming to terms with the fact that trauma doesn't care what your definition of trauma is. It's just sort of like present period. And this idea that somehow we can make sense of it and use it for good has become the front of my, <laughs> of my efforts, <laughs> both in my office and in my home. So it's interesting to hear you talk about it in that way, because I've absolutely seen the brain just sort of shut down and decided it, it's going to go back to its own. It's going to obey its own rules, mm -hmm. basically. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The hallmark of that traumatic, flooded, adaptive response is that it's automatic. It's yeah. major. Mm -hmm. And it feels like you have to... Fight, flight, or fix is the, the broadest categories of that knee-jerk response. And, and let's, let's add ourselves. I'm a fighter. My adaptive child is a fighter. Zach, what yeah. are you? Fight, flight, or fix? I'm definitely a fighter. Um, I'm definitely a fighter, yeah. And Laura? I'm a fixer. Hands down. Yeah. 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 And, it, yeah. you know, it's interesting that you're asking these questions because um, – I, I'm I'm trying to ask the questions that I, I think our audience will be asking, which is number one, you said trauma. And I know that listeners are going to say, yep, that's me. I have trauma. I identify with that word. I have that moment in my childhood that I was in a car accident. I was abused. I was, you know, sexually abused or molested. And they categorize that as trauma. But I love in the book how you differentiate the one-time experience of trauma versus the culmination of trauma that happens over time. And I think Millions. that's important because I want for folks to opt in in understanding that they too have trauma, even if at this moment they're thinking of capital T trauma, you're expanding that. Can you explain how folks can understand what trauma might have looked like for them? Well, and before you do that, I, was in, I had a guy in my office yesterday who has come back from two deployments in Iraq. And his wife is like, he's got stuff he needs to talk about. And he's like, well, it's not as bad as my buddies, my bad, my buddies, they had this, mm. this, and this thing. And so I, it's a little bit weird for me to think about trauma when I compare to this. And that's where I was like, it does, trauma does not care, you know? So it is this, it, it's relevant to the individual. Yeah. Is that, that's what I'm interested to hear about. Yeah. Well, um, in a few of we talk about big T trauma and little t trauma and big T trauma is what everybody always thinks about. You know, tsunamis, combat, um, uh, near-death experience, these big, giant, being sexually molested, these big, giant things that happen once or a few times in your life. Little T trauma, but particularly in childhood, are um, the things that happen to you 
over and over and over again. It's like water on a rock. Mm. And um, it so happens, you know, little T-trauma. Mom, I fell off my bicycle. My knee is bleeding. Uh, let me just mix my martini. I'll be there in a minute. Mm. That's little T-trauma. Big T-trauma is the car hits you and your mom takes 20 minutes before she walks out to see if you're alive. Little T-trauma is you've got a, a scrape on your knee and your mom's too busy with a martini to pay much attention to you. Big T-trauma happens a few times in your life. Little T-trauma happens millions of times mm. over and over and over and little T trauma, it turns out, can do as much, if not more, damage than big T trauma can do to somebody. But it's harder to credit. We, we like to deny it. Oh, uh, nobody broke my bone. Uh, but yeah. little T trauma can be um, a cutting remark, a demeaning comment, or it could be neglect. It could be that you're hanging out there with your guts hanging out and your uh, your dad is too busy with his baseball game to pay attention to you. These uh, injuries uh, matter. In my training, I show a tape of a man who, uh, the couple's on the brink of divorce. He experiences her as uh, turning away from him. And then he becomes emotionally violent. Not physically, thank God, but a big, aggressive, demanding, where are you? I, uh, angry. I say to him, I'll bet that when she's behind her wall, there's a little boy in you that feels really abandoned. Mm. And I say, what happened to you? And, I'm, and this is in front of 300 uh, therapists. He had never talked about this in his life. This happens all the time. My aunt sexually molested me when I was seven years old. So we do all of that. And, okay, that's big T trauma. But I say to him, what is that little boy feeling on the outside of your wife's wall? And he says that nobody's listening, that there's nobody to tell my story to, that I don't matter that there's no one to connect with. Well, that's not reliving his aunt's sexual molestation. Mm -hmm. That's reliving the family he lived in where there was no one to tell about that mm -hmm. molestation. And in his current marriage, what blows him up and is threatening to destroy the marriage is not the trauma of the sexual invasion it's the deeper trauma of no one to tell. And in fact, when we explored a little more, his mother was a drug addict, prescription drug addict. His father was a womanizer, and there was no one to tell. And every therapist and their brother would go to, oh my God, the sexual molestation with the aunt. That's right. not what was destroying his marriage. Yeah. What was destroying his marriage was the day in and day out abandonment that that little boy felt uh, over and over and over again. So that's, I call it relational trauma. And that's the, the trauma that captures my attention. And I think, um, 
you know, what you're describing is that when he gets big and he gets really uh, aggressive and he puffs up, this is his adaptive child. He's getting uh, activated. He emotionally floods. He zips out of his prefrontal cortex and slips into this adaptive child, which is this coping mechanism. And so um, the one of the things I was really curious about and trying to look at like fundamental steps is like, how do we get to know or identify our adaptive child within us? Because I, I believe in the book you talk about, we need to get really, really um, up close, comfortable and get to know our adaptive child. How do you do that? Well, in the book, there are lots of exercises about really getting to know that part of you. Let, let me be clear. I talk about three parts of the psyche. The wise adult, which is the non-triggered part of you that can use skills, that can stop and take a breath and go, wait, maybe I don't want to yell or fix or flee. Maybe I want to mm-hmm. do something different. There's the uh, a wounded child part of us which is very famous in trauma work. That's a very young part of us. When I do work, it's usually first days of life up to four or five. And that's the part of us that's just flooded. Mm-hmm. It was on the receiving end of the abuse from the life. Just wants to crawl in someone's lap and cry. Between these two is what I call the adaptive child part of us, following my mentor of the ability. The adaptive child part of us is the you that you created in the face of those traumas, how you cope, how you adapt. And that's what we bring into our marriages and long-term relationships, thinking that that's an adult, but it's not. It's an immature Mm -hmm. version of it. So let's start with this. Fight, flight, fix. Which of those three are you? That's your adaptive child. Okay. When you're triggered, is it screw me, screw you? Is it I'm shutting down? And you can flee. John Gottman's good about this. You can flee six inches away from somebody. That's called stonewalling. Because you're still fleeing. Or is it fixed? Oh, my God, oh, my God, i got to make it better. Uh, One of those three. Uh, that would be Brene Brown. I think she talks about how she's just a master fixer. Yeah. And interestingly enough, um, in trauma, it was fight, flight, or freeze. And there's a fourth one that's being added now, a fawn. And this is from the animal mm-hmm. world. Fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. And fawn is fixing. Let me make it better for you. Codependence. Mm-hmm. Big for women. Uh, okay, so which of those four, uh, which of those three is it for you? That's one way of knowing your doctor child. Is your response automatic? Is it major? Is it, boom, I got to do this? Okay, that's another way of knowing your doctor child. If you want to get more specific, uh, in the book I go through five losing strategies that your adaptive child will revert to. I love this approach, Terry, because it's like you're talking, I'm talking to clients all the time and they're talking to me about sort of what happens in their, in their house. And I have, um, adopted this language because it's, it's like, especially with guys, I go, look, I I appreciate that. That's what you're doing. It's just a bad strategy. Like it just doesn't work, you know? So Mm -hmm. let's, let's disregard the fact that it's coming from a place or feels just or whatever else. 
it's just not effective. So yeah, I would love to hear about the five, five bad strategies because they, uh, they show up all the time, of course. Yeah. And they run us. So here they are being right is the first bad strategy of your adaptive challenge. We're going to resolve this issue by figuring out which one of us is right and which one of us is wrong. Mm-hmm. Good luck with that. Yeah. Last Friday, when you dot dot, I mean, it wasn't last Friday, it was last Thursday. No, it was Friday. No, it was yeah. Thursday. It was Friday. No. Yeah. It's like a dog chasing us. You will never resolve anything. Here's what I say the relational answer to the question who's right and who's wrong is who cares? It doesn't matter. Think like a team. What matters is how are we going to work this issue in a way that works for both of us? I literally had that conversation yesterday with the client. That's moving out of you and me thinking into us. Here's an example. Um, You're a reckless driver. No, I'm aggressive. No, you're reckless. No, I'm aggressive. How many have been through that one? Let's switch that over to Honey, maybe I'm a neurotic nut, but when you tailgate people and drive the way you're used to driving, I get myself petrified. As a favor to me, will you please tone down your aggression while you're driving when I'm in the car so I don't have to be so fat? Oh, okay, honey, I'll do it. But if it's going to be about are you or are you not a reckless driver, that conversation will go on for 50 years. Mm-hmm. And that's a good example of what can happen when we move out of this linear individualistic you versus me and remember the us. I don't care whether you're a reckless driver or not. I get scared. You're my husband. As a favor to me, could you help me get less scared? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I can. That's thinking relation. Okay, the second one... Is control. I, I, I exclaim for a second just because I think, and I don't want to derail you, um, but okay. I think you're taking on something really big here when you say we're moving from the me versus you to the us. Because um, you talk about it in a global scale of trying to conquer something that is just embedded in our culture of individualism. And it just, <clears throat> I applaud you and I go, holy moly, this is a big, big task you're taking on here. Thank um, you, Laura. It's it, 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 it huge, is big. right? It is big. Yeah. And I'm really proud to say the book starts with neurobiology, what happens in our brains, and the, and the role of trauma. It then moves into personal relationships, and the bulk of the book is about your relationship with your partner, your kids. But then the, third, the last third of the book fades out to talk about us versus them, mm-hmm. to talk about racism to talk about patriarchy and misogyny and all, and ultimately to talk about our relationships in nature itself. We are not above nature. We're in it. Wake up. If we don't shift out of this power and control model to a cooperative model, we're putting our planet in jeopardy. Literally, as we speak, the stakes are really high. And then I talk about spirit. In our relationship to uh, uh, the life force that's larger than we are. So this goes everywhere from the intricacies of what's going on in your brain to how to live differently in your living room, in your bedroom, to how we can change 
our lives, um, not put democracy at risk, and save our planet. It's, it's all one thing, as far as I'm yeah. concerned. It's one thing operating at different levels. Mm-hmm. Sorry to, to derail you. And you think, and, you're, and in general, your theory, your work is around the idea that that has to start with me becoming more aware of what's happening in my brain necessarily that's where it starts well it's useful to understand what's going on in your brain you don't have to be aware of it but you have to be aware of what's happening to your body in the moment yeah are you on runaway or are you uh in charge take a breath are you take 10 Uh, i'm a big fan of taking breaks take a walk around the block go to my website terryreal.com Download the ten, the ten commandments of uh, uh, how to take a time out. But I talk about relational mindfulness. The first skill, and the beauty is it can be cultivated and grown, is when you're in that triggered state, rather than open up your mouth and make a mess of things, take a break, walk around the block, get re-centered in the mm-hmm. same adult part of you, and then go back into the flow. And uh, it will be completely different if you're in your adult self. I call this remembering love. Remember that yeah, the person that you're speaking to is someone you care about, and the reason why you're speaking is to make things better. If you're not there, shut up. You'll make a mess of things. Wait until you're there before you speak. Yeah, I love it. I I'm aware of the time, and I just wanted I, I we Zach asked about the five losing strategies. You gave the first one being right, and I yeah. almost want to leave it as like a teaser, unless you'd like to give you know kind of cliff notes version of the the other. Five. I'll, I'll go through them all in two minutes. Awesome. Second one is controlling your partner. I'll be happy if you only dot 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 another loser. Mm-hmm. The third, which therapy has been a big culprit of, is uh, ventilating, unbridled self-expression. Unbridled self-expression. I call it the barf bag approach to therapy. (laughs) Let me tell you just how you did this. Last week you did that. A year ago you did that. You always, you never, you are, oh, I feel better. Well, forget it. Uh, So unbridled self-expression is a loser. I say you can ventilate or you can work on your relationship, but you can't do both at the same time. What's more important? Mm-hmm. The fourth is retaliation. I have a warm spot in my heart for retaliation. It's very human. I'm going to hurt you the way you hurt me. So that I'm actually going to do it better. Yeah. Uh, yeah you're gonna <laughs> let me show you. How oh, yeah. Done. Let me show you how this works. <laughs> the fifth is withdrawal. I'm shutting down the drawing. Being right, control, express, unbridled self-expression, retaliation, and withdrawal. I'd like all of your listeners to grab a piece of paper and get real honest with themselves. When they're triggered, where do they go? What combination of these do they use? And if you want to have fun, where does your partner go? What combination does he or she use? Uh, that'll tell you a lot about the, the relationship. So it's way more fun to... Uh-huh. Look at your partner. It's way more fun to look at your partner and what they're up to. And you're so much more insightful. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> anyway, so uh-huh. if you read the book, there's steps to getting to know 
intimately what these adaptive responses in you look like. And that will really help you take a breath and move beyond that. Okay, so let, let's figure this out. The book's coming out really, really soon. It's not available. Well, it'll be out. June 7th. Yeah. And where will they find that? I mean, where do you want to send folks to buy the book? Um, any of their bookstores is fine. Anything online. Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble. Um, mm-hmm. Their local bookstore. Wonderful. Okay. Um, any other any other teasers? I mean, what else can we can we tell people about you and, and what to send your way? Yes. Everybody should go to my website, terryreal.com. We have an inventory. You can uh, see exactly how you're screwed up and how your partner's screwed up. It's really useful. And uh, the other thing I like to say is we will be offering the first ever US workshop online to the general public in June and July. Uh, a six-session online course built on the the skills of the book, how to live relationally instead of individualistically, how to use these relationship skills with your partner. So go to my website and or maybe you can even put a link in. The other thing I would say is that if you're listening and you are a therapist, um, Terry, you do a lot of sort of uh, tertiary training. Like you don't have to kind of fly to Boston. You have a ton of content that you, um, that I've been taking advantage of for years and it's really been helpful to me. So if that's, if that's your jam, uh, Terry's got a lot of offerings that you can take advantage of as a, as a therapist who's just trying to get better at some of this stuff. Thank you so much, Doug. Yes, we have, uh, uh, I completely revamped our school, our training. We have a brilliant, rich two year training program. It's all online. Uh, and um, anybody interested in learning how to do this, come and find out about it and expose yourself to it and sign up. It's great. Yeah, I got to finish. I got to land the plane. I got to finish, figure out how to <laughs> finish it up. Can I COVID get certified the, in that? COVID took the rug out from under me. So um, I'll get there. Yeah, that's great. Well, what are you doing this weekend? You're, you got your surgery. You got your done on the end of the summit. What's What's next for you? Um, well, the book launches uh, June the 7th. Uh, I am doing an evening uh, together with Gwyneth Paltrow, June 9th. Oh, I saw that. Uh, uh-huh. you, can, you can mention that, too. Nice. Uh, and um, uh, we're talking to the morning shows about being a guest. I'm doing publicity for the book. Yeah. For, oh, uh, boy. Week or so. Yeah. Very cool. Well, congratulations. We loved it. Uh, We're excited to make sure that people put their hands on it. And uh, it's really good to talk to you. You've been a ghost on the podcast for a couple of years because we're always Mm -hmm. saying, hey, yeah, we're trying to talk to or Terry says this or Terry says that. And um, now Mm -hmm. it's good to put a a voice to your name. And I think people will appreciate it learning about you. Well, thank you. As my mom would say, now that we know each other, don't be such a stranger. Invite me back. I'll come on anytime. We can talk some more. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, I'm sure we have a ton of questions and um, it's always fun to get people on here to sort of change the perspective. Of, we're we're just two knuckleheads who kind of mostly when we get on, we just yap at each other about whatever's going on for, for ourselves. But um, sometimes people legitimize us by by adding their own wisdom to the to the table. Okay, well, I'll be happy to legitimize you. Sometimes you, talk. <laughs> you guys are great. All right, right. be well. Continue with your good work. I'll talk to you next time. All right, thanks, Terry. All right, we'll see you. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. We were so excited to have Terry Real agree to be on the podcast with us, talking about his new book, Us, Getting Past You and Me to Build a More Loving Relationship. If you're interested in Terry Real's work, you want to work with one of his therapists, his RLT-trained therapist, maybe you want to read more of his books, Again, he has several books out there that we've been a big fans of, The New Rules of Marriage, as well as Fierce Intimacy. Check out Terry Reel's website. It's T-E-R-R-Y-R-E-A-L.com, terryreel.com. Thanks so much for all of your time and attention, making your relationship better today than it was yesterday. Yeah.